bed was made, the room empty. Maybe Jeff couldn't bear a scene with the boys and had moved out last night. He had trouble with goodbyes. Tiptoeing into the room as if the very walls would call her out for prying, Ronnie checked the floor on Jeff's side of the bed, where she would be sure to find yesterday's work uniform in a clump. Nothing. Since she was wearing the same clothes as yesterday, she scooted around the bed to pull on a fresh sweater and jeans from her dresser and finger-combed her hair. Last night she'd been too tired to tame her curls. Returning to this room gave her the sense she was being watched. When she spun around, she tripped over the dog. She stopped just short of kicking him. Damn it, Max! Why are you always underfoot? The dog backed up a few feet and sat, looking up at her, whining. I didn't let you out yet, did I? She patted the dog on the head and closed the bedroom door behind them. Downstairs, Ronnie let Max out the kitchen door, one of the perks of living on a farm set back off the road. In the windbreak on the other side of the berry field, a gusty October wind tugged at the branches of a stalwart maple. Despite the beauty of the leaves releasing in a splashy swirl, it hurt Ronnie to watch its branches swinging back and forth in violent indecision. She knew how it felt to be torn between standing firm and uprooting. She called Max, fed him kibble from a low cabinet, and started a pot of coffee. A black plastic container sat beside the coffee maker. Drying beef and gravy stuck to its sides. Odd. She and the boys had eaten stir-fry the night before, and she'd never seen Jeff resort to eating a frozen dinner. On the kitchen table, stuck between the bananas in the fruit bowl, stood a short spine of folded twenties. The wad was thick between her fingers. Twelve hundred dollars thick. This was not the house she'd closed her eyes on the night before. Something had gone haywire, shifted. She pulled the pot away and let the coffee drip straight into her mug as she struggled to order her thoughts. On their own, each of the morning's oddities could be explained away. Max could have sat on the TV remote, inadvertently turning up the volume. Maybe Jeff, hungry after a bartending shift at 2 a.m., couldn't find a restaurant serving dinner or he'd stockpiled tips and accidentally left the money on the table. But together, Jeff was trying to tell her something. And as usual, he wasn't using words. Her hand shook as coffee overflowed the edge of her mug. She glanced at the clock, ten minutes till the boy's alarm went off. She crossed to the basement door, shut it quietly behind her, and headed down to her office so she could make a call in private. At her desk, Ronnie reached for the receiver, then froze when she saw the note with Jeff's handwriting stuck to it. I see you called Kevin again last night. Star 69, remember? Kevin? Really? Jeff was tracking her interview calls? Ronnie couldn't help but look around the room, even through the door and windows that overlooked the hill and farm store down below, to see if Jeff was watching her now. She crumpled the note and dialed the phone. Geez, Ronnie, the birds aren't even up yet.
Her brother Teddy's voice croaked from interrupted sleep. Back when she was 26, she too would have still been in bed, although she already would have nursed and changed Andrew and settled him back to sleep between her and Jeff. Back when a snuggle solved all problems. Ronnie added up all the odd details for Teddy. Before, her brother had provided a comforting echo of the denial Ronnie had clung to over the past year. You two were meant for each other. Marriage takes work. You're just in the work part. He's so scared of losing you, he's lost his composure. But such notions were getting harder and harder to cling to, especially today. Do you think Jeff would really do it? She said. No. He's just trying to rattle you. Just rattling her, yes. Jeff was used to calling all the emotional shots and was damned good at it.